1: Uh, so, what were you looking? Well, what, what are you guys looking forward to seeing today? Um, well, so I've just been looking at the, what looks like a really good app for the air um, and there's uh, there's a few things inside. Um, I want to go and catch up with a couple of people. Um, I think the next person we go and see is a guy I used to work with, US Marine Corps fighter pilot who's left, works for a company now that do um, the air combat manoeuvring debrief system so the oh yeah. so the pods that we carry on aeroplanes um, oh what's that noise I think it's a golf bike (laughs) oh well (laughs) Um, the pods that we carry on aeroplanes that then when you plug in for the debrief show you exactly where you were so on a mass red flag for example no one has to draw it anymore. You just plug everything into the computer system and it tells you where everyone was at a particular time and how it looked. So, um, you know, catch up with a couple of guys like uh, like Frantic. Um, go and see uh, a few of the sort of big companies that I've been associated with over the last few years through just through airplanes that we've flown. Um, and catch up with some of the flying. You know, Farnborough has definitely. Reduced uh, post Shoreham, you know, where there was that awful oh, air yes, accident of course, um, just because of it's uh, an airport in a built-up area. So the types of flying displays have been reduced. However, there does look like quite a good um, flying display so, program today.
2: Now, for you guys, is it more about you know, seeing a few aircraft fly, catching up with people, relationships, rather than the actual technical side or on or, or, uh, the business side?
1: Well, for me, a bit of both. The business side, not so much, you know, but I'm certainly, to be able to wander around and have a look at some of the innovation, uh, Tempest will be... uh, Oh, yeah, Tempest is here, right? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I'm really looking forward to going and and having a look at that. Uh, I think that's exciting stuff. So just looking at the technology of what, uh, you know, the future potentially holds. We've just come off the back, actually, of a Central Flying School international conference, where we've look at, been looking at technology and training things like uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, and there's so many, uh, so many really interesting innovations at the moment. Yeah. So that side of it, I think, is is fascinating. The flying, I'm still a you know a ten year old boy really, so watching uh, any of the flying display will be great. Uh, so yeah, I think there'll be it'll be a really interesting day. And I'm, I'm with Dunk on the innovation side of it as well, in <coughs> that. You know, as I am in a, a project manager in a program of carriers, next generation carriers, fifth generation aircraft, um, and helicopters, I'm always looking for that little bit of tech that might. Interesting. That not. It's not for me to buy, but I can suggest it to engineers. I can suggest it to people yes. out there. That just might make a difference. It might make Ooh. things cheaper. What's that? What's that? Oh, it's, it's just, just a, a private jet. jet. Just, just a private jet. I told you he's like a kid in a sweet shop. It's exciting, Look how excited he is. It's yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll go and have a look and um, keep putting in a little report uh, every time we see something interesting. Yeah. JB, what, just before we go, what are you looking forward to seeing? Oh, well,
2: the one thing which I'm really interested in, really interested in, is hybrid air vehicles and the airline, Airlander 10. You might, remind, you might remember this. It's the thing which crashed in Cardigan. Uh, it's held in the, it's officially, I think it's the biggest flying object um, An airlander 10 is basically a blimp, and it's going to, in my opinion, revolutionise how we transport things across places which are inaccessible. So that, for me, is very exciting. And if I could afford it, I would have, I would have, I would have invested. But the minimum investment for airlander is huge. Is it? Yeah, well, even I'd say huge.
1: even more than you've got.
2: It's like you'd have to do Goddess's job for about three and a half days to meet the <laughs> to meet to meet the minimum investment criteria. So, uh, yeah it's have you it's
1: invested Goddard's Uh several times <laughs> yeah, well I, I, think, I think that's why it went but it's all
2: funded you know well, not all funded but there's a large proportion of funding I think it's like I might be getting this wrong it's someone very famous like some uh, band member of Pink Floyd or something
1: it might be Nick Mason yes I, I'm almost certain it is yeah. almost cer- yeah certain he is. does a lot of uh, aviation racing cars all sorts of well, uh, you, you know do you know the story behind it no, I don't. I'm right. really interested in going to see it as well. Well,
2: I might, I might just indulge. So it was a US military project, and the yep. idea was I'm going to put loads of cameras and sensors on this thing, f- float it up a, a, above, a, above a battlefield in, uncont- in uncontested air- airspace, but stay there for days, if not months. Uh, and then during the, sequest- the sequestration period, where they cut all, all of the military projects, this is one of the ones which got cut. So a bunch of individuals in the UK bought bought something like five five hundred thousand, uh, shipped it over to the UK, and they're trying to make co- trying to make some sort of commercial use out of it. In fact, I'll go one step further. I think it's originally a UK project that was bought by the Americans for that, for that purpose, and then they bought it back so they've sold it and they've bought it back but huh. it's, a, it's a nice piece of kit right
1: I, you know having seen the Avengers movies I was always thinking that maybe we could get one big enough that you could put a landing strip on one of these things and float it well, around the sky
2: Finish. F- 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 should mention that so Airlander <laughs> 10 it's called Airlander 10 <laughs> because it can theoretically move 10 tonnes of equipment Airlander 50 is the ultimate goal which would be 50 tonnes of equipment and this thing is enormous and, it's all, and it'll all be um, floated I guess is the right word by uh, By Helium. Helium? Yeah, Helium. Which is... um, I thought for a
1: minute there the Air Commodore had gone stark raving mad. But actually, that (laughs) is quite a thought, isn't it? Put a runway in the sky. A runway in the sky. Nothing can go wrong with that. No. No. I've fallen off. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to put the brakes on.
2: If... If you go back to work and suggest a runway in the sky, I reckon you'll last about five minutes.
1: <laughs> but do you reckon they had the same conversation a hundred years ago when they were talking about a floating runway? Well, didn't the US Air
2: Force have some sort of hook-based system to, uh, on underneath a B-52 for a uh, fighter? And I'm sure the, 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 OR, the RF did it in World War II as an experiment. They were attaching um, fighters to the, bo- to the bottom of bombers.
1: Uh, we've definitely yeah. There's definitely been aeroplanes attached to the bottom of things before. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, just depends how far you can take it. I don't know. I, I, I it's just... not beyond the unreasonable. I, I, I think. You know, thinking outside the box yeah. here. Yeah. Let's go and suggest it to someone. All right. Should we go and get involved? Yeah. Go on. Let's go. All Excellent. Right.
2: Through the miracle which is time, we are here with our first victim. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm just gonna call you frantic, but I assume that you've got a more formal name. Yeah, Kevin O'Rourke. Uh working with Cubic Global Defence right now, uh-huh. formerly uh, with the Royal Air Force uh, in the Lightning Force Headquarters uh, before I retired uh-huh. uh, after 23
2: years in the Marine Corps. So uh, uh, probably best hand over to God is just for a little bit more of a formal explanation of
1: why we're here and who you are. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, Frantic and I worked together in the, uh, in the last job uh, that I was doing before I went up to Lossiemouth, which was F-35. Now, Frantic came extremely well-regarded from the US Marine Corps. Um, a Top Gun graduate, F-18 pilot, boss of an F-18 squadron, yes. um, and uh, for whatever reason, and we were just talking about flying aeroplanes, has walked out the door and works for a company Cubic, who've been, um, I guess they're the, they're the people that draw all of the threads together when we go and do these massive red flags and so on, you know, people are carrying pods, and the big um, debriefing systems that you see us debriefing on, that's what the company does. So uh, I... We only wanted to take five minutes with you, um, so why don't we go back a little bit? We were talking about Top Gun just on the uh, 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 on the pod the other day. We were actually going to sit down, watch the movie, and critique all the way through, weren't we? The volleyball scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, so tell Which me, you? yeah. So when you did Top Gun, did you play beach volleyball? <laughs> Absolutely, every day. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oiled yourself
0: up. That's yeah. the way it works. Yeah. So okay.
1: How was the course when you went through? Because I was explaining it the other day as a sort
0: of, uh, uh, you know. A, you guys came out as ninjas in air combat? We did, you know, it was uh the course I went through was an all-marine course, it's fantastic. I'll never forget I'm going through there. Um and you, you come out of that course the most proficient you've ever been in the tactics that are there and it's absolutely amazing. Um, and and then after that we actually we moved on to the uh the Marine Corps uh air warfare Course the WTI course, the WTI course, which then built upon those things and brought in a bunch of ground elements as well for for the Marine Corps. Yeah. And so That's was it, and so was the top gun class. Was it was it just sort of air combat or did you get into strike type stuff? As we well? did uh, air combat and strike. Uh, and it was six six people. That was it. it was really? Six people. Six people per year went right. through that. Or 12, was it was yeah. it a
1: year long course?
0: No, it was uh, six weeks. Six at the weeks time, Week. at the time. Oh, it's yeah. pretty short, pretty intense. Pretty short, pretty intense. So, okay. Yeah
2: you go to top gun as a, I'm sure it's
0: longer now i think it's much longer now right yeah so
2: you go to top gun as an experienced pilot or already you have yes. got to get selected how surprised are you with the amount that you can improve from a base level which is
0: already pretty good to 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 where you ended up well they 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 were extremely demanding and so you were be you can improve a lot let's just say that uh, I thought that I was good going in and I realized that I wasn't <laughs> and after uh, after going through the course I, you know you realize uh, how hard you had to train and exactly really? what you needed to know yeah i I remember doing flights uh, and they're like yeah we went out and did a flight one time uh, we had uh, probably 15 or 20 airplanes and this flight was a demonstration by the Top Gun IP instructor, pilot, instructor pilot saying I'm going to demo how this complex uh, thing is done we came back and he goes you know boys we didn't we didn't perform very well today we're going to go do it again tomorrow and he led the next one tomorrow to show us exactly how it needs to be done and at that point uh, they go okay frantic you got the next flight the next day different complex scenarios uh, let's see how you do um, so yeah that's that's how the training goes there it's, it's fantastic ever. did you find it humbling oh yes yeah
2: was it was there any particular moment uh, where you thought oh my god I, you know maybe maybe i'm not quite as good as i thought or was there any
0: was there any actual point where you thought maybe i'm just staying over my head you know you know as they say in aviation goders you're you're only as good as your last flight you can be the king of the ace of the base one day the next day if you mess something up uh, you know you're standing in front of the table telling the boss why you did something wrong so uh, yeah so it's always very humbling i mean in, in general um, when it, when it comes to that type of level of aviation, um, it, it's like playing for a, a pro, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a pro rugby team. And I guess
1: what it does as well is, uh, you know, at the end of it, notwithstanding the sort of peaks and troughs that you go through in that six-week period, the confidence that it must instill in you when you come out, you must feel, now, I am King Kong at this. You know, I, I feel really confident in going and leading leading the boys and, I guess, instructing the guys that are then on the squadron with your
0: knowledge taking them forward as well. You've got it exactly right. Uh, the, the instructional capabilities you get there set your foundation uh, for the future and then, then eventually guide your squadrons, just like the QI would guide a, a squadron uh, in, in the UK. So yeah. so, given what you did then... And Qualified then weapons instructor. Yeah,
1: yes, exactly. So can. given what you did then and who you work for now in terms of world-class debriefing, did you have a system like that when you went through the yeah. uh, when you went through the course and could you have done with you know the sort of tech that, that you're
0: showing us today? We had the actual same system that I have. Obviously it's been upgraded a little bit, but it, it, it is the P five combat training system that we had up there at, at Nellis, in fact all over the world. So you're carrying a pod carrying that a essentially pod essentially records all the information. At ten times per second, truth data going back down. That pod is, is viewed live. Uh, and then uh, safety and training objectives in this massive warrior fighting or a very small flight are then, are then looked at to make sure you achieve the efficiencies you need. Because remember, you go up and you fly 15 airplanes, 20 airplanes in a flight, and then you come back like the instructor did and goes, we're going to do it again. You know, uh, that was our, our failure. But had this scenario not been set up correctly by the Red Air, uh, we could have also failed there. So our live monitor is, uh, is, is absolutely fantastic. It's used... The live monitor portion is not used by the UK, but our debriefing system uh, is currently used by the UK, uh, and it's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah,
1: and, I, and so I've used that uh, in Typhoon for years now, actually, yep. uh, in terms of, of how we do it. And I think I may have mentioned on a pod previously. One of the hardest things I ever did was going through an instructor pilot course on the F sixteen, where you had to be able to draw almost exactly on a board um, yes. what happened in real life. And what this system does is takes that away. So you don't have to worry about that. You can just get on and debrief and work out exactly what happened. And, and to me, and, and Dunk will absolutely, from a Central Flying School perspective, support it, but the debrief in when you're training is the most important part of what we do, because if you don't go and debrief it, you don't know what went wrong, and you don't know how you're gonna fix it when it went wrong, you know? so. I guess, uh, going back to Top Gun, how long, you know, given the size of the air war there, how long were the sort of debriefs that you were in?
0: Um, Three to four hours. Really? Yes.
1: I guess the other thing to, to take away, the things that these, this debriefing uh, tool gives is that it is a, a, a hugely dynamic environment that you're flying and fighting in. There's a lot going on. Um, and you may come back with a picture in your mind about how that fight went, but it might actually <laughs> not be exactly what happened. And what this does is, uh, um, as we were saying, is that sort of uh, that, it, that total truth that the pod tells means that you can take it away is. those lessons. And perhaps, even though you think you know what's happened, you, you know, leading the fight sometimes will take away lessons that you it, thought maybe that. Uh, It's It's
2: exactly like video study in in sport. You think you've had a good game or you think you've done something and then you watch the tape and think, oh my God, do I actually look like that? (laughs) Am am I I really that bad at the thing which I've been doing for 10 years?
1: So uh, I guess just to, you know, we only wanted to keep you for a few minutes, but so what's the future of this? What's the future of debriefing, the future of um, real-time
0: tracking, you know, the, the sort of stuff that you're doing at lunch? Well, we see the future as, a, as, a, as an evolution and continued use of the P5 and, and then an, anal- an analysis. And if I will go to two, two things for you. One involves artificial intelligence to define the art form that you're trying to draw on the board. And And so it tells you automatically where you've gone wrong in your fight. Correct. And maybe suggest ways that, well, we have identified that these are ways, machine learning type of things, where you can say, this is the way the other pilots do it and they achieve greater uh, learning objectives and success. You're doing this and that's incorrect, so maybe you should try these moves. Versus the instructor holding two sticks out in front of them saying, if you were to just kind of point your nose this way with a model, And that that other model points that way. The the second thing is, and we've already demonstrated this, we've already thrown it, uh, is complete live virtual constructive entities being injected into the cockpit. Right, so just unpack that quickly. Live virtual constructive. What does that mean? This means taking um, a computer-generated entity and pushing it through a data link up to the pod and then putting that onto the avionics in the cockpit so the pilot does not know whether that entity is real or it is fake. Oh, wow. And uh, in doing so, um, like I said, we've, we're, we're leaders in this. Um, it's there. We, you, all those aircraft that I just talked about in my scenario with the top gun, Half of those could have been fake airplanes, fake. and it wouldn't have mattered to us because we never saw them. Yeah. But there's technologies now that are amazing. And so those long-range shots that you do, where you're killing people out at, um,
1: you know, long range. Yeah. That's correct. You, could, they could be fake. But you're seeing
0: and a missile fly out. You're seeing a missile. You're, you're receiving the spike indications. You're uh, seeing possible jamming and chaff flare and all of that stuff. Wow. Yeah. Just
1: to go back to the uh, the AI um, on your uh, debriefing system. Is it such, does it know um, the performance of the aircraft such that it would be able to tell you if you'd have rolled 90 left here and pulled, rather than continue the pull over the top, you would have gained this many angles that's type the, of that's, thing? Yeah,
0: that, that, that's the idea behind it. Remember, you asked about the future and where we're going. Yeah. These technologies are starting to become available that uh, are, are quite amazing. Yeah.
2: Are you okay for time? Oh, wow, I've got plenty of time. Excellent. Can I ask a very simple question? Right. Uh, that's just. I just want to dial it right, right back. So I think most people listening will be very familiar with you know, the Air Force. They'll be very. They'll be relatively familiar with naval a- aviation. I think in the UK as well, those two things are kind of merging with the F thirty five project. You flew for the
0: Marines. So what makes Marine flying different, and what makes it special? Yeah, good question. So the Marine flying, obviously, we always used to joke. Um, it's the Navy's. Army's Air Force, right, <laughs> yeah. because you have the Navy, and then you have the Navy, the Marine Corps, and then they have their own Air Force, really, uh, to go do the thing. So we're, we're centered around uh, supporting our Marines on the ground, and uh, we're also trained to all the high-end missions as well. Um, and that really is the difference, is that we can get tasked, we can task our own airplanes to do our own support missions, and we don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. The Ar- we, unlike the Army, we don't need to at task the Air Force. Uh, a colonel gives another colonel a call and goes, I want airplanes here, or a general does, and he gets what he wants immediately, and that's how we're organized. Now, obviously, we help the larger picture, but that's our focus. And then the other thing that makes it unique is, and maybe with you two daughters, I, I, I don't know, but um, every Marine serves on the ground in a ground unit that is an aviator uh, at some point in his career to provide forward air controller or JTAC uh, joint Air Terminal Controller Services, which then brings the link from the air and the ground together. Because you get it's pretty personal when when rounds are going down range and you know you, your buddy who has just been transferred to a forward air controller position that used to be in your squadron is down there. Yeah. A- and, and everybody knows everybody, just like I, uh, You know, I saw this in the the United States Air
1: Force, in that the guys after a tour, uh, you know, said they're a junior pilot on a F-16 squadron. At the end of that tour, it was sort of one of three ways. You know, they might go off and do another F-16 tour if they're then going to become a weapons instructor. They might go off and become a, an instructor pilot. Mm-hmm. But an awful lot of them went off to do air liaison officer tours. Mm-hmm. And then around the time that I was with the USAF in yeah, around Iraq. So one of the guys I was on the squadron with was one of the first uh, joint tactical air controllers, a forward air controller, into Baghdad. With, uh, you know, when they uh, initially went in in 2003. And the guys in the air, exactly as Frantic has just said, it makes a hell of a difference when you've got that you know, almost emotional contact, uh, connection with the guys on the ground. You know, I think we always have that as part of a service ethos. Mm. I just think that link is probably a little stronger when,
0: you know, you know. Ex- it's a little. We have a smaller organization, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's. But yes, you're right. No, they they both do it, so maybe maybe that's not so unique. But we no, but we, we think, feel it is. No, uh, I, is I think
1: the same. other thing uh, you know, and Frantic and I used to talk about this in the office quite a lot. But, but you guys do marine sort of grunt training first, don't you? You know, so you you kind of yes. a rifleman first before you get anywhere near an airplane. That's correct. Uh, yeah.
2: So Which, is yeah. that kind of is that the reason? This 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 might sound ridiculous. is that the reason that you wear? Uh, a camouflage helmet whilst flying?
0: Um, You know, I don't know where that started from. Sometimes the helmet covers are gray, but we always seem to put a helmet cover on our airplane because the Marines have an aversion to anything that might reflect and give their position away should they eject. So I think, uh, <laughs> which J- I think is funny because that's when you really want them to see you. <laughs> so, JB, I think you've just nailed it. So that's exactly the reason because you're wandering around as a, as
1: a trooper doing your basic training, looking at whatever it is, shape, shine, mm. shadows, silhouette, you know,
0: all those S's in terms of camouflage.
1: Yeah. And now you're thinking about that in an airplane.
0: Correct, yeah, which is quite it's quite funny because, like, why would I ever wear a white? I would never wear something white with, a, with my tactical uh, aircraft. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. going to put a camouflage cover, uh, yeah. Yeah. A helmet yeah. cover on
2: pretty funny yeah. they, there you go well thank you very much uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that yeah.
1: Francis good to see you man good and, to see you as well uh, yeah good luck and uh, I look forward to maybe getting into a cockpit again probably the back seat or something in the future
2: you'll be chief of the air stuff yeah, yeah whatever I'll tell you uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah in fact Duncan <laughs> take me flying and see how all of this me, sort of debriefing me too. yeah and you yeah, uh, yeah, the no debriefing no. systems working in the future yeah, but, uh, but brilliant to see you thank all right, you cheers. Yeah, cheers. cheers thank you very much I've got to say, there are all worse ways to spend an afternoon than, than Sat minutes. on a balcony watching um, a Red Bull air racing machine, so an extra a pit special for, for those who know what they look like, that um, is currently probably, what do you think, Roger, about 50 feet less than that? Mm, no, maybe yeah, 30 feet. 50
3: foot, 50
1: feet. Flying between inflatable islands, and showing a huge amount of skill. But So we're sat here right now watching this yes. with Roger Bennett of Talents, who... Uh, just like our last interview with Frantic, actually, is a ex-military pilot. Um, so, Roger, what, what did you do when you were in the Royal Air Force? I uh,
3: flew the Buccaneer, through the Tornado, and was very privileged to go and fly with the US Navy on the A-6 Intruder in uh, in America for three yeah. years. A-6
2: is one of my favourite aircraft. You know, uh, Not it's funny, the prettiest, not the prettiest it, that, by a long time. That's why it's so
1: beautiful. J.P., I just said exactly that to Roger when, because uh, I've known Roger for ages, I didn't... Embarrassingly, I didn't know that he'd done that as well. And I remember reading... Have you ever read this? There's a series of books, fiction books, called Flight of the Intruder. Um, and uh, I can't who wrote them. Uh, it was written by a guy whose brother, actually, was an A6. Grafton?
3: Uh, no, no, it was an he was an A6 nav- uh, Navigator. Um, but it was his brother that wrote the book. And um, obviously, Flight of the Intruder, I, I got to know... Because my squadron commander when I arrived out there was a guy called Bruce Wood, who in the book is Boxman, because that was his that was his call sign. And, Boxman. And, and uh, <laughs> I
1: tell you what, so as a as a young kid interested in aeroplanes, reading Flight of the Intruder, um, I, I I just same as you, That's weird, isn't it, Jamie? Yes. I didn't know this that you. The A6, I loved the A6. The A-6 oh, yes. You know, in it's terms it's of being a bomb yet. truck. So, it was,
3: it was, so when did you do it, and what did you do? Uh, 87, beginning of 87 to the end of 89. So
1: you were flying A6s during the Top Gun.
3: I arrived just after it been released in this country. Yeah, so. Um, so
1: did that make you even more proud? No, yeah, uh, no, you can't Naval possibly AV-8. say that
3: for public consumption.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Is it it's really a US Navy?
3: Um, what's the word I'm looking for?
2: The U.S. Navy gets the tail hook. Does that really it exist?
3: It did big time, and I was. Uh, yeah, I know it,
0: it still it, does. It it still I, I thought it was.
2: It, it's been
3: scaled down since the incidents that happened around my time. Yeah, and
1: and and uh, you know, I I think what happened at the time was probably the right thing because I think it was getting out of control from what I hear, but. Um, you know, uh, they have turned it since into a reasonably, not recently, uh, a serious conference about. Oh, is it? How disappointing!
3: <laughs> N- Naval aviators all, what All arrived in Las Vegas, didn't even go into Nellis to, to arrive. They arrived at McCarran um, Airport because yeah. it was closer to um, the action, and they take over the Hilton, third floor of the Hilton, if I recall, and um, it was, it was. The, it was te- it was under the, the auspices of being a conference, which it was, <laughs> but conferences aren't twenty four hours. Um, and off duty time was it, was it was a great party of, of naval aviators.
1: And when you tie that present. in with the fame and fortune of. Uh... US Navy, a- a- US Navy aviators yeah. at the time because of Top Gun, you've got a yes. heady mix that was always, 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 I think, going to be an issue. And, um, and the, Navy,
3: the US Navy got, um, I won't say a reputation, but the, the, it, it was well documented that Miramar parties, Oceania parties, North Island parties, uh, Built round the Top Gun. Yeah, so uh, you must
2: have you must been a powerful man back then because not a US Navy aviator, but a US Naval aviator in America with a British accent.
3: Oh, I wasn't the only Brit out there, of course. Uh, There were other Brits, um, but um, there are a lot of Australian Australian guys out there as well, and um, Canadians um, on exchange, Um, and of course it's it's a strange accent, they say I've got the accent, they've got the accent, they just abuse our language really.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's happened to me, so I know you get selected for exchange, but what, so where did you go after that? What did you do? I came back, this? came back. No, 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 but so when you got selected for A6, yeah, I went to Whitby Island, Washington. Whippy Island, and is that, so did you go out there to do the conversion?
3: What happened? I stayed there? on, I stayed, they call it the RAG, the Replenishment Aircrew Group, I think they call it the RAG in the Navy. Um, I stayed on the RAG, on the OCU, um, at Whitby Island, Washington, so in a, a little village
1: called Oak Harbour. And, on and the how did you find the A six to? Because you'd come it's off great. tornadoes at yeah, the time, yeah, or mean, was it, it bucks? Comes,
3: no, no, bucks and tornadoes, and
1: then then A six. All right. Oh, so, wow. how did you find it to fly?
3: Uh, it was. I mean, it's, it's, it's a steam aeroplane. It's it's very pulleys and hydraulics focused. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's, it's, a it's a it's a seriously old, it was even old aeroplane then. Although technologically and uh, avionic wise, it was quite well advanced, even compared to tornado. Um, as it was at the time, but it it went out of service as a bomber about, well, after the Gulf War 1.
1: Planning for your next trip?
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
3: Because so obviously, uh, A6 were involved in Gulf War 41 shortly after that, but the A6. Prowler, which is the EW aeroplane, I think has only now just recently been yeah, replaced so by the, the F 18 so Prowler. I,
1: I flew with the Prowler quite a lot of the time, so that was a. So, where you flew in the two seat version of the yeah, ground attack aeroplane? They, the, they were the four seat. They version. converted it to the four seat and where they had a pilot and three ECMOs, yeah,
3: electronic yeah, uh, combat um, management officers. And a lot of the guys who were lieutenant in my time and ended up getting promoted to lieutenant commander and then subsequently to commander and onwards because there were no A6s left I ended up commanding the AQs, which is the uh, EW version uh,
2: at Whidbey Island. So you came from Tornado, two seats, mm-hmm. was it was it quite cool to be able to sit next to
3: the guy rather than behind the guy? That's a good question.
1: Uh, actually, I
2: like
3: it. Yeah. Well, it's particularly. <laughs> yeah, it actually, is because actually, you can you, you can point with your finger as they opposed get the shot. as opposed to uh,
1: yeah. Well, it's interesting, you started, JB. Because I went through flying training on the jet Provost. Uh, donkey, yeah, GP five. you went through on the Tucano, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. So I did side by side seating, and I did always find that uh, better because the instructor could. Things out, or uh, yeah. uh, you know, could um, look at you in that way to let you know that that you were doing things wrong without actually having to say anything. I don't know whether, from Dunk's point of view, a side by side or a, a. That means a,
3: yeah,
1: if you're not on the needles, like, yeah. <laughs> can point of the needles, <laughs> you know, when you're 50 foot high or whatever yeah. But how, um, how did you find the US yeah. training, training compared to UK uh, training? Actually... Because you would have been an experienced yeah, guy going out there.
3: Yeah, um, a lot of people have asked me that. I have to say the US Navy are closer to the way we go about business in the RAF than perhaps the USAF, which is very... I know you, Rogers, you know better than me, but the USAF, how how focused they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, NATOPs, which is, the, if you like, their ODM and their... Um, their r- rules you know, and regulations. The, the gassos, yeah. Natops was you, know, you, you had to know Natops, but they were flexible because if you're not flexible going in on and off carrier, you, you've got big problems. And, and Although procedurally at night, certainly procedurally at night
1: coming back on the carrier is absolutely spot on. It, absolutely so how? Do you, so I was going to get to that. You know, with F-35 now obviously being involved in the F-35 program, um, the. The technology involved has made it so much easier to land on a carrier than, mm. you know, mine and dunk stay on the Harrier, which we'll joke about snake fighting in the cockpit. You know, essentially in an F thirty five, it just it is easy. How was it for you guys as crews managing your fuel, managing all of that sort of stuff to arrive at the right place in the right time? I did. I heard this fantastic. It was
3: mandrolic, very mandrolic, if you understand that term. It was all done by seats of the pants. Um, flying the needles because obviously you've got ACLS needles, which is you know, ACLS, the automatic, what was ACLS? automatic carrier landing system. Right, it's um, it's a carrier based ILS. It had ILS to the carrier as well, but it was a, this was a, an automatic system that would allow you to come on the carrier hands off. Actually, we never did face uh, Cat One landings. We weren't allowed to, in, except in extreme. But you could do a cat one A, which means you can come down on on an automatic, and then uh, once you're on the ball, actually, then um, on the ball means it's, in the last. Three I was going feet. to say.
1: So explain the ball. So the the Fresnel fray, lens. Fresnel
0: Fresnel, Fresnel lens, lens system. The ball. I, mean, um, you, you I understand a on British
1: a British invention. A yeah,
3: British invention, yeah, yeah, for our yeah angled decks. And so, how did it work? Well, basically, it, it's a, a series of lenses uh, that. Uh, Relayed back to the crew on the, on the on the airplanes, you get a little meatball, a little green ball, and there's horizontal lines. and uh, And if you're coming down on a three and a half degree glide pass, which is steeper than you normally would in on a on a base, if you keep the ball in the middle and you're on speed, you will technically always hit the hit three, the three wire, wire, the three wire on the carrier. And wh- and
1: why why the three wire? Why not the two wire? <laughs>
3: The three wire is what you're targeting. If you're a little bit shallow, you'll hit the two. If you're very, very shallow, you'll probably get waved off by the landing safety officer, otherwise you're in danger of taking the one wire, which is right at the front end of the boat. So and why do are... they
1: even have a wire there?
3: Uh, it's, it's in extremis, really, God, as that is, absolutely. I mean, I, I, my first trap was on the USS Enterprise, and I'm not sure if it's still there, but they used to take us to the back end and a vigilante, I think it was, d- or during uh, the um, the war out in the, in the far east, uh, the tail, uh, the um, I'm not sure if it's the tail or the hook, certainly hit the round down of the Enterprise, and the, and the imprint on the round down is still there or was still there. Wow, um, oh my goodness! So you do not want to be low and slow, because you will get a, a wave off. So a three wire is the is the best one to take. Four probably next, and if you miss the four, then you go round again, which uh, you don't want. Which geeky. you don't want to do at night. So
1: there's something geeky, but that's a great stat to have, isn't it, Roger? To go. Yeah. my first approach onto the carrier was to the USS Enterprise. Yeah, it was. And there, so there the Enterprise, where Captain where the... Kirk was there. <laughs> <laughs> he was watching me.
3: Enterprise, of course, was the main ship that was covered in the film, in the uh, Top film. Yeah, it's there so. were other ships used, but the, 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 this. Ghost Rider, yeah. bits of the sun, that's right. Enterprise, the E, the E.
2: Enterprise is a one-off ship, isn't it? It's not a limits, it's a one-off.
3: You're absolutely right, actually, it's, a, it's the first How new... How did you even know that, That's, that's geeky, yes, that's, that's geeky. geeky, that is oh geeky, you've done too much reading. <laughs> Stop it. it. was, it was actually, it was CV-65. Right, is it? CV-64 was, I think, the Kitty Hawk. CV-66 was US, America, or JFK. And the first Nimitz was Nimitz, and that was CV sixty-seven. But it was the first nuke at the time, and I think it's probably still the case if it's still operational. It's the longest ship, yeah. Now, in terms of,
1: uh, did you ever well, look the at the
3: Enterprise with the, with, um, uh, for what the better word? I
2: can hear a harrier.
1: Sorry, just saying. Oh, oh my god! There it is. Oh wow! Look at that.
2: Oh, lovely. Oh, it's, and it's Spanish. Is that right?
3: We US may Marine have to Corps. curtail that's US Marine Corps. I think uh, we may have to curtail sure? the interview. I think. As we watch I'm a Harrier. The Harrier
2: for Is, some that time. Is that, in that
3: not... my blood? It's, f- it's an air show favourite, isn't it? And, th- Is and I said a, to uh, I said round to AC One Group, "I haven't forbid if the F thirty five B becomes the new yeah. air, air show, show favourite. We <clears throat> haven't got enough of them."
1: It's lovely <laughs> to see a Harrier back in the UK. Well, I will tell you what. So for anyone listening, they probably don't want. Doug- Dunk to st- Doug Major dunk over major, here. Yeah. Dunk to start loving. So uh, <laughs> there you go, Roger. Thanks yeah, very much for chatting to us. Brilliant. And, bit, uh, enjoyed it. We'll be back in a
2: minute.
0: So Har- we're watching the Harrier
1: display that's an amazing area see I, I don't think a Harrier should actually bother doing the fast flying around stuff he's got to get rid of his fuel so he can hop. <laughs> <out>. that's <laughs> the only reason just partially refuel it so you can go straight into some stunts exactly straight into uh, oh, I love it where- you know, I've never actually seen an aircraft fly like this
2: similar the fact that you know that it's not an everyday occurrence. Of course this is your first day
3: show, I forget. Yeah, exactly. What, um, I remember Spike telling me about it, so you have to put the water in to cool your, uh, yeah. yeah. your bisphus. Is that for the, no. the hover? Yeah. Okay. So is keeps... that, you
1: have 60 seconds with the hover, is that right? Not so necessarily, well, you have you, about that much water, don't you? 90 seconds. Yeah. So you got 90 seconds of water. Yeah. I can't remember, it's been a long yeah. time. And, uh, and you, but that gives higher engine limits. You run the the engine at higher temperatures, which means on a day like today where it's hot, then um, the hover performance of the the engine is decreased. You can add that water, it gives you extra performance to allow you to hover in those different temperatures
3: we are almost at the home of the Harrier,
1: aren't we? Just up the yeah, road, just up like the road. road. Dunsfold, Dunsfold. Dear old yeah. 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 John Farley, who died yeah. the... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Died Duncan to... Simpson, of course, he was a test pilot as well. Yeah. And, uh, so it was... Um, and we can't, we can't Bill Bedford.
3: And yeah, um, we, we know, have to the, also uh, respect uh, Sir Peter Squire, of course, who... Yes. Um, yeah. Gulf War... Uh, sorry, yeah, Falcon's War, yeah. OC1 Squadron, and former Chief of the
1: Earth now. Yeah, yeah. Harry man through and through. Harry man as well, yeah. I tell you what, so Duncan you know you've got a tear in the eye I vaguely remember flying it um, didn't you crash one of these goddess? I did crash one
2: <laughs> we, we can talk you about that later can...
1: <laughs> to be fair it was an easy aeroplane to crash yeah that's yeah. true a, a lot, lot of people did it a crash but I tell you the one thing is for the people listening um, so there's been various aeroplanes flying throughout the day the Harrier started flying now, and people have just flooded onto yeah. the balcony that yeah. we're on to come and watch it. So clearly, there is something about it. has been so long, yeah. Seen it's been so eight years long. since, you know, Not really? Uh, really? Since, yeah, since the Harrier was flying. 2010, from 2010. Service, 2010. Yeah, and uh, my sad claim to fame is so I was just launched I was the authorising officer on the desk when uh, yeah. uh, the boys walking out it was a beautiful day when Gary Waterfall the, the force commander yeah. and rang and said uh, Duncan the boys got airborne and they're just walking to the jet's house and he said right stop them what a sad day that, yeah. was. So that was that was it, that was it. I mean seat. was that how brutal it was it's like yeah. you're yeah. not going to do like yeah. no no but there's a there's a risk out there if you're getting rid of the force and there is there is no reason to be Flying? Why would you send people flying? Oh, I mean, no, but a well. lot of hardened Harrier guys were very saddened by that. Oh, uh, and it, and, it and, and that squid one?
3: and squid was being what was absolutely. was a squid OC one at the time. Or
2: is that hovering though? You know, uh, no, so it's coming in. It's yet.
1: coming in a slow flight. So you but, see, it's got the big barn door flaps down at the back, which yes. gives it a, an awful lot of wing lift. But he's starting to point the nozzles down now, so he's in what's called a we'd call a, decel, a deceleration. You can see the jet wash underneath, yeah. pointing down, he'll have those nozzles that are around about 50-55 degrees now.
2: So in terms of horizontal flight, how capable is the Harrier
1: versus the F-35? F-35's got a massive power margin, so the Harrier right now, this guy will be probably on the limit as to whether he can hover. It's hot here today, it's close to 30 degrees. So he'll be quite low on fuel. I don't know, Doug, maybe 1,500, 2,000 pounds of gas. F 35 will be up there at 6,000 pounds of gas. You know, oh. Hovered at Fairford and then flew back to Mara. You know, because the technology is so different. And you can it's going to get noisy. He's just coming into the hover now. <laughs> I think he's only just into the hover. You he's, he's hovering into wind now. And it was introduced to Farmer many years ago as
3: the Kestrel, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Basically, it was
1: originally a private project. Yeah.
2: Imagine the risk.
1: Right, so hopefully he's hovering, pointing to the ground at the moment. Hopefully, he's going to or he or she is going to turn on their pedals, turn away and then climb away steeply. This is terrible audio! <laughs> Notice with the wheels up as well. I think as well that gave them a different engine rating. Yes.
2: Is it for harrier to go from hovering back into level flight? Bearing in mind when you put the nozzles back, I assume you, lo- you lose your lift.
1: Yeah, you have to do it very gradually. Yeah. So that you translate—we call it translation—translate from jet borne flight into wing borne flight. And then the flaps are very clever. They they uh, come up incrementally from 62 degrees all the way up. So as you convert to wing borne flight, because presumably if you slammed from the muzzle's back, you're going to fall, in, fall into the water. Yeah, ground. you would fall right out of the sky. Right, so he's got the water in there.
3: Well powered. I remember being on a tanker with a Harrier. Um, I was in a Tornado, and we were you know, in in and out of min burner on one engine just to stay you know, at altitude with with the tanker hose. These things just so much power to get in in the uh, in the tanker it's fantastic. Actually.
1: I was smiling then because the way you were shouting into it. Do you remember that Monty Python sketch? <laughs> the bells are getting louder. No.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So what is he? Is it a Turkish or a Tunisian aircraft right in front of us? So, no, you can only see, it, see its tail. Is that Turkish? Oh,
1: I don't know. It, uh, that's a, uh, the three-engine the three-engine uh, So, see the, see the private jets there? Other oh, side of the two, runway. Three. If you look, see
2: right in, in the middle of the private jets there's a camouflage tail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, Turkish or Tunisian or some sort of thing.
1: Exciting stuff, isn't it? Look, he's still—he's still. Look how slow he is coming round finals. So So he's got his wheels down. Uh,
3: We used to have fights with Sea Harriers. Actually, when they start biffing. Yeah. uh, no Venturing way. In with forward him. flight. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
2: Sorry. I always wondered about, about this. If it, if that was like a real thing, or if it was
1: just like, they are uh, actually difficult. Yeah. to I fell out of the sky every time I touched the lever doing combat. <laughs> I just wasn't good enough to use it. <laughs> <laughs> it was we just an we, to, took some time. We,
3: we just used to park the noise leaders and leave <laughs> us and leg it. Yeah. You start getting into that sort of close fight, and no way we were going to survive with right. them.
1: So he's just doing what's called a stall flap slow landing now, but you can see he's very slow, he'd be at about eighty knots, you know. Which is landing on a carrier is ideal. Like well you wouldn't actually no, do that, no, would you? You'd, you'd just go, go no, vertical Always vertically on the carrier. I'll tell you what, Dunk. you're right, that is strange seeing a Harrier after all these years. You know, I mean Amazing. it was January two thousand I last flew a Harrier as a captain. Really? Yeah. really? So uh, eighteen over eighteen years ago. Mine was December two thousand and ten. One of the last sorties. So we no, did it's not about the last sortie, done. Mm-hmm. that is? We did, yeah, we did uh, a Were you in that last squadron? squadron. I wasn't in the very last one, mm-hmm. but uh, we went and did a four squadron push where we visited all the bases that we, throughout Air Force history, that we could reach with the fuel that we had uh, that had operated with four squadron mm-hmm. all around the south of England and then came back and hovered and bowed. Tell you what, end.
2: you are good boys. You're a very sentimental bunch. We are. I suppose we, we are. are. Yeah.
1: Very sentimental. Yeah. I just been it. But you think the fact no, is... No, 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 so you, you think that, but you were... You, uh, you know, you lived through all sorts of moments in these aeroplanes, you know? So uh, you come close to death, mid-air, you know, coming close to people, going to war in these aeroplanes. The squadron's um, a very tight-knit unit. And that's I established the family, the, the RAF family. the aeroplanes as well, and everyone you'll find, you know, um, is, is fiercely... Both protective and proud of the airplanes that they fly. So, you you know, could you been a rugby team? quickly, yeah, yeah, been Broughton Park. Right. Mm. It was at this point point on the podcast, (laughs) ladies and gents. We found that JB had no heart. (laughs) I think I'm I'm a sociopath. (laughs) But it is.
3: You get the family, and and, and we we, sadly we uh, retire Tornado next year. Yeah. And, and there's, yeah, yeah. Five, there's that, at yeah. least five thousand aircrew flown to Tornado yeah. front and back seat, yeah. and you think that is a family. That's not a family. Well, that's a, that's that's it's a whole town family. Extended family. Yeah, yeah, country. Yeah. Yeah. It is.
2: Well, I mean, you two are still serving. Are you? Are you in touch with me? I'm not. I'm not, not serving. So, sorry, um, these two
3: here. Yeah. Um, as in, God um, is sorry
2: for the listeners, For God, God, uh, God is in dunk still serving. Are you still in touch with many guys from, from
3: Oh, 20? yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still a reservist, so oh, although you, I'm not in a flying game, but um, yeah, and I and I, uh, and I oh keep wow. in touch. I go to the reunions as, as and when that you, you need to, and, uh, and my current job keeps me involved with people as well.
1: Nice aeroplane. That is nice airplane. And, uh, a nice aeroplane. And what was it, an A350? Look how light it is. Whoa. So it's got nothing in it,
2: though. Does it? Yeah, it's like no, an harrier. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what are we watching? It's the Airbus. Um,
1: That's steeper than an area.
2: <laughs> We're basically watching an empty,
1: uh, an Airbus. empty Airbus.
2: Airbus.
1: Airbus. What? What is that? 350. Three fifty. Three fifty. Which are, is that the seven eight seven? Yeah, equivalent.
3: Yeah. yeah. Airbus is competitors to Boeing uh, Dreamliner. So it's amazing
1: how nimble they are when they're basically empty. Yes. We, really were to, we were talking earlier saying that actually some of the most impressive displays at air shows are by the big aircraft. And now Bloody we're looking hell. at this A350. Which, which to me looks like it's going to crash. It looks exactly like, it, yeah. like that. Certainly would not approach Heathrow like that, would right. it? So I get worried about now. It's pointing at us about now. Yes. <laughs> I think it'll be all right. It'll end up on the BA systems. Uh. <laughs> a
3: good mate of mine used to be the chief test pilot for Airbus. He was a Buccaneer Tornado man and he used to display the A380 here, Pete Chandler.
1: Oh, Pete Chandler. He was the one who ejected from the Hawk, wasn't he? I don't know, did he? Yeah, yeah so I, I, remember, I think it was sp- ejected. I think, I'm sure it was Pete Chandler ejected from a Hawk and as it was rolling because of weight turbulence. Okay. And he ended up, the seat didn't deploy, but he hit the ground at such a grazing angle, it slid and he just broke his arm. Oh dear, oh, I don't remember it May not have been Pete meant. Chandler.
3: But he used to display the A380 here. Yes. And to see that huge aeroplane, four-engined aeroplane, get airborne and roll probably 30, 40 degrees of bank, almost at, as he as he rotated, it's, it's
1: quite a scary sight. I have side. no idea how that thing's even staying in the air. Yeah, it does look like it's defying the laws of gravity, doesn't it?
2: What's that, what's that sound that our
3: listeners can hear?
1: I think um, it's a golf buggy in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not a car I will tell you what, it. it's grounder than than the, than the ground here. I'm just going to go back to the Harrier display just whilst the A350 is displaying because I've got a wonderful bit of uh, when uh, a guy that was on the Harrier force, with well, us a guy called Chris Rogers, was displaying it, and it would go it would go on display, and the the, the guy who took the spare aeroplane would um, uh, would then commentate, and on this particular case. We went over to, um, uh, over to Switzerland. There was a display in Switzerland, so the Reds had finished their display. I was displaying with the Reds at the time. We were walking across uh, to go and see some of the display stuff, and we saw the Harrier start, and, uh, and, and off it went. Now, Chris Rogers, who's the display pilot, um, he was a bit of a musician as well, and he had composed his own music. For the display, um, <laughs> now he was uh, the guy that was flying spare that time was a guy called Dan Stutchfield. Who we went through training with He's still in the air force. We've known him for a long time, and um, so Chris Rogers, the display pilot, said, "Dan, just play this music that I've composed as as I display the, the Harrier." And uh, and what he would do is he would talk on the radio, so you he could hear that music as well. But as we were wandering across, we were absolutely delighted to hear that Dan had um, taken the music that Chris had given him and substituted YMCA by the village, <laughs> by the village people yeah. so as he came into the hover YMCA was on I, I hope the whole crowd was doing that Yeah, it was absolutely yeah. brilliant can but you course, imagine the marshaller as you taxied in doing yeah. the YMCA Well, Chris be Ro- all over the but shop Chris Rogers was then transmitting, could hear YMCA in the background and apparently he was furious yes. <laughs> <laughs> where's it gone? Tell me, this, why has the A380 had its engines running all day? They, they, the engines aren't running; they uh, just, they're just they, they just go around in the wind.
2: Is that right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: there you because go. Because of the
1: high bypass, so you can see straight down. The, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so people look at that all day. And why are they doing that? Here he
1: is. Look at that. What alpha's that there? So again, not particularly good listening fodder, but there's an A350, um, and a very very slow pass down the runway, which. I guess it's showing off the, the, I guess you know, the, the range of capabilities of the seraphane I'd
2: pay my, I think it's a win-win situation I'd pay my airfare just to get just, just, just to get in that and I'm sure it's a lot more profitable for the airlines to do it
1: so there you go it'd be interesting actually to find out how much business is done how many orders are placed during this week. I think the order was closed yesterday. Is it not...
2: I mean, probably Roger's is the best person to talk about this, but isn't it about confirming the orders? Isn't it about
3: announcing the orders
0: this yeah, week? Before, it's about announcing.
3: It? Announcing, and, and these will be orders... Oh, well, I wouldn't even call them orders. Uh, intentions is probably the, uh, a better description. And, the, and working up towards some of these intentions has probably been months, even years in the making. Yeah. Uh, um, because it's a highlight show... Like this and Riyadh. This is when the the big uh, the, the political announcements are made, whether it be through um, uh, MOD here or MODs from around the world. So it's
1: a stage, effectively. Yes, it is. Those. It, it uh, and it, it, because, is because everybody's here, yeah, yet, yet the audience. So yeah. um, and that's it's why his, it's got his gear down. He's got his gear down. But if he tries to land off of that approach, he'll end up where I ended up, somewhere near the A one. <laughs> <laughs> in so many ways so much more impressive than just seeing a... uh, Yeah, because because you know a a fighter is going to do exactly what it does but you you never see an airliner throwing itself around like we're seeing at the moment. So, my palms have just gone sweaty where the Airbus with its gear down has pulled into a sort of 35, 40 degree climb. Banked about 60 degrees to the left. Um, and it's something that if I was in that aeroplane I'd have thrown the gin and tonic about <laughs> 40 aisles backwards. I can, I can remember the and F-22. probably
3: been sick on the person next to me. remember the F-22 displaying here for the first time probably six years ago maybe three three shows ago maybe even four and um, and being mesmerised about what the F-22 actually did. Yes. A square but there's, loop, for example. But yeah. it's
1: also the shape of the F-22 yes. because it looks space-age. Yeah. I mean, I had a full holiday romance with the F-22 when we did a, um, a detachment over to America and flew with them. When I was formating on it with the gold canopy, just the gold colour, canopy is colour, the it, shape, it? it just looks like you're formating on the Starship Enterprise, mm-hmm. going back to our Enterprise mm-hmm. talk from earlier
2: have on. You ever, have you ever had a terrible with what?
1: Yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and how and how did that work out? Uh, in a typhoon, it was the hardest fight I've ever had. We did we had three fights. Um, I won one and then lost two. Oh really? So unfortunately, it was F twenty two 2 typhoon one. But I, extra I, time penalties. To yeah, to well, me. yeah, I know. I, I would have preferred penalties, but it was one of those <laughs> things where maybe one for another podcast. But uh, I didn't. I didn't fly as well as I could have. I think I could have w- won again if I'd have just not done one little thing what wrong. What did he wrong? God, his Um He'd gone slow, and rather than me just flying a normal Typhoon combat sortie, which is generally staying fast and, and using energy, um, I went slow with him, and that was it. I was done. Uh, with because fr- he can regain his airspeed so, so well, it's no, it thrust vectoring. He could point at me. Nice. Yeah. That is a
3: nicer plane, that Airbus three hundred and
1: fifty, isn't P3 it? three hundred and fifty.
3: I'll just see you next time. We're yes, are all right, though? Yeah, so Tax money will spend be I'll be out, <laughs> in Belfast, some station next month, anyway. Okay. Cheers. There you go. There you go. Excellent. Yeah. What's up next? So, the, the Lockheed Martin Hercules has won it for me to see a C one hundred and thirty J loop. Well, it's it's so scary. Was it a J? I, I assume it was a J. I didn't get up close. To what's it? the
2: uh, what's the latest version of the The,
3: the J's been around for must be like ten years. It has. I, I'm not sure the annotation because the Americans have got so many. They're still turning oh. them off off the, li- off the line in, in Georgia now, almost a, you know, as monotonous as, as, a, as a maternity home. Right? <laughs> yeah, I and mean, they are. I'm so out. I believe I can see a Eurocopter Tiger,
2: is that right? Is oh, yeah, that, or is yeah, that an Augusta yeah. Westland I Tiger? don't know, is well, Eurocopter
1: still around? They've uh, yeah. it's, it's now Airbus,
2: isn't it? I think it is it Augusta, is part of isn't it? Yeah, Thank it's, you. it's Airbus. Augusta, uh, is it not uh, the Italian brand whatever they're called? Augusta, Augusta. Um, well,
0: I don't
1: know. Mm, interesting. Well, we'll see in a minute.